there. I'm Leanna Hinkle with the Hinkle Homestead. And I'm Lindsay Weiniger with the Weiniger Farms. And we are your hosts on We Chose the Farm. Hello, it is episode 10. We have made it to the double digits. Woohoo! Hello. Today we're going to be talking about bovine myth busting, also known as the cow questions. <laughs> <laughs> are all over the board today we have i have like eight bullet points but at the same token we could really talk about anything good news i brought cheese we and i already ate it (laughs) (laughs) it was delicious i said i was gonna bring some it was so good i had ranch cheese curds and some very strong havarti which i plan on making a grilled cheese tomorrow was it strong is it or is it like my is it no it's strong it's bad strong no i wouldn't say i would never consider it mild okay is that yeah but I, I, but I dig strong cheeses, so. No, that's totally fine. I just, um, I saw it in the recipe book, and I was like, ooh, I can make this. And then I tried it, and I'm like, oh, <laughs> not for me. <laughs> but I think that if you like blue cheeses and stronger cheeses, I think that's a good, Havarti is one. That's me. That is a good one. But I, we normally stick with, like, cheddars and goudas and cheese curds. Yeah. And mozzarella. Well, and the ranch cheese curds were awesome. Mm, thanks. They were great. Very tasty. So, uh, where do we want to get started today? First, I do a lot. I need to say, <laughs> Leanna was laughing at me earlier, that I feel like I need to correct myself about our particular cattle. So silly. So we have family cattle. Like this let's is... back up real quick. How did you get started with these cattle, and where are they at? Okay, it's the Weiniger family farms. Like my husband and I commandeered the Weiniger farms name, but it's been. Weiniger Farms, you know, for since 1993, I yeah. think, like, from my father-in-law. And he just got beef cattle to fill the fridge, or the freezer, sorry. Like, their freezer? Yeah, oh, just for the family. So and then when Nathan got out of school, he was like, why not fill my freezer, too, and maybe a few other people's freezers? Yeah. And so then it just kind of grew from there, and then it just kept growing because... That's we already we have we have the land for it. We have a feed store that we get feed at wholesale, and why not? Absolutely. So, um, so but they're technically not in my yard. No, that's okay. <laughs> they are at my in laws' house, but we call them our family herd. So. I don't actually think a lot of people. Maybe I'm wrong. I feel like maybe it, mm, it's probably half and half. I was gonna say it could be a good mix of people that actually like live on site versus like not on site right and it probably depends on you know climate and location in the united states but yeah for sure who knows yeah anyway and remind me what kind of cows do you have we have predominantly angus black mm, angus yes so yummies. so let this is a great thing to go into let's talk about the difference between corn fed and grass fed grain what Corn, I have corn grain fed I'm versus to read your grass notes fed. Upside down, <laughs> they're very handy. See, my my expertise is uh, eating the things, cheeseburgers yeah. and cheese. So <laughs> it's uh, I I had to talk a lot to my husband too, like to learn all of this stuff and make sure that the knowledge that I knew was correct. But there is a difference um, in how like 
how the meat per se in the animal is developed. So naturally on a grass-fed cow, it's developed a little bit slower and uh, it also, um, the it's a protein fat ratio that creates the higher marbling in meat. And when your protein fat ratio is off of a corn or grain versus grass, there's a taste difference. Yeah, I've heard a lot of people say that they prefer one thing over the other, but I could never remember what it was. Is there like a lean? Which one's leaner? Probably grass. the grass. Yeah. But um, do you think it, more flavor comes from corn or no? And I know that then some people do X amount and then they finish off differently. The only as scary well. part. The only scary part you have to worry about, especially when you have little larger commercial companies saying that they have grass-fed beef, is that they could have a lot of mama coal cows, a coal meaning they're done using them and they just want to feed them out to butcher them. Coal, C-U-L-L. Yes. Okay. So what they would do is they they get these mama cows and they'd throw them out on a pasture for a few months and get them fattened up and then they would... Um, call them grass-fed and have them hang, have them dry yeah. age longer so that their meat's a little bit more tender. But in actuality, it's going to be a tougher meat, so they would have to hang it longer. So, there, I mean, there's ways of getting around the actual grass-fed meat. So you just, going back to knowing your farmer. But, um, yeah, I think that the grass-fed, the meat almost looks a little bit darker as well. And it's just not as fatty. So it's a leaner meat. So mm. naturally it would taste a little different. But That's crazy. It is definitely a preference. And all of ours are uh, corn or grain, like a distiller's grain, which is yeah. what others call gluten. Um, we, fi- we feed corn and we feed distiller's grains to our calves. You know, I had a friend um, back in the day who had like a celiac disease, mm-hmm. and um, that's like a no grain, yes, it's a gluten stuff like that. And I always wondered if there was issues with animals being fed grains. Yes, there like is. could they? You know what I mean? Like could they have issues from grain fed? And I, I would assume so. Mm-hmm. They do. I mean, it's an issue. A lot of, uh, we've had people request or ask us if any of ours is 100% grass-fed. And we have to say no because it never, I mean, some of our mama cows start on pasture when they're sure. having babies, but they never end that way. We always finish them on a on a finisher and a corn, a corn and balancer. Yeah, for so, sure. So, but it does, it, it does affect um the the meat and it was just wild to think of like that you had to think so much more into sure not even necessarily about just the foods that we're eating but about what the <laughs> what, what about the foods are eating yeah exactly oh yeah yep and then of course i asked nathan like i got in like when we were driving this afternoon i said like we're talking we're doing the debunking uh podcast tonight What's, like, the main thing that people always ask you about? Beef. Uh, and he said hormones and antibiotics. Absolutely. Always. <laughs> yeah. What were we just reading earlier? That PETA made a claim that oh, yeah. <laughs> good old PETA um, was saying that 
that we've gained uh, a resistance to anti- antibiotics because, because they're of- chocked full of it to keep the animals alive and producing milk. Tell me how we can <laughs> debunk this. So the PETA's claim, back it up. Perf- PETA's claim says that animals, cows, are being pumped full of antibiotics to keep them alive. Alive, yeah. And producing milk all the time. <laughs> and so much of that antibiotics and hormones are causing us to have resistance to bacteria, blah, blah, blah. All the things. Antibiotics. Yeah. They're, basically what they're stating is that we are resistant to antibiotics when we get sick because of the food we eat. But to say that you're chalking your animals full of antibiotics just to keep them alive is quite impressive. We made this, we said this too in the chicken episode. Do you think that as, as livestock farmers we have the money to buy I just, antibiotics? Well, I mean like a cow's a lot bigger than a chicken. Like I'm sure that's a lot more expensive antibiotics to be oh, chalking them full of it. Absolutely. Oh no. Abs- and like we, there's still a withdrawal period no matter what. Um... They're just, there isn't, if you're keeping a healthy herd to begin with, antibiotics aren't even an issue. I just, I just, I just hope that people think clearly, like, and think through things. Um, Yes, obviously, if it's a matter of saving a calf's life, because that calf is going to ultimately produce, you know, a larger investment for us, then yeah, the antibiotics might be worth it to save its life when it's for freshly that, born. But for that one periodic time, you're not yeah. giving this calf antibiotics from day one to butcher day. We don't have like a pill case sitting next to each, <laughs> each cow. Betsy gets 15 tabs of exactly. this a day. No, no, I just, no, no. that's so crazy. The other side of it is the hormone side. And, um, uh, the I did find information on this that um so naturally people are stopping drinking milk because they believe that the hormones in the milk transfer to the drinker. Okay. Well right, because the milk is so chocked full of hormones. <laughs> it's very expensive. So I think the the information that I saw so what naturally would you switch to if you didn't drink dairy milk? Okay, so I actually don't drink dairy milk because we did have dairy allergy sensitivities more okay. so, especially yeah. when I was nursing um, my oldest Gabe. He broke mm-hmm. out into a really bad rash. We cut out dairy, bingo, and it went away. So yeah, we switched over to almond milk, but we did that because there was a lot of things going on about soy, but I think soy was a very more popular choice. Now you have like almond, cashew, oats, coconut, all, coconut, all these different varieties of milk. But I think that even five, 10 years ago, it was either dairy milk or it was soy milk. Right. Absolutely. Or water. <laughs> or water. <laughs> you know, there wasn't really. Sometimes people would get goat milk too, but. I know. Ooh, yeah, that's that'd be intense. That's the flavor. Another day. <laughs> that's but another day. so so naturally, people were switching over to soy milk though when they would hear these high estrogen levels in milk. First off, as a mom, and I, I breastfed in a roundabout way. We could talk about that later. I don't need to get into details. Sure. <laughs> but. Naturally, there's going to be estrogen that transfers to my children. Well, they're also living animals. Yeah. Too. Absolutely. And so that's a naturally occurring hormone that just happens, especially when you're lactating. Yes. Okay. So there, what's happening is they're the when we talked about this, they are implanting uh, 
maybe some estrogen into steers. Okay. Sure. So that's so transferring that estrogen in the meat. So nanogram to 500 grams. Okay, so there's 7 nanograms of estrogen to 500 grams of beef. There is 755 million nanograms of estrogen to 500 grams of soy. Yeah. And you're switch you're concerned about your estrogen levels and you're switching from milk or from meat that has a hormone in it to help its growth. Right. And really what you're doing is introducing a more, more estrogen. estrogen. Well, I, it's very easy to follow the bandwagons of milk is bad, we're going to switch to soy without really knowing or doing the research behind any of it. The word hormone is just an actual stigma, I think, too. Well, and it I mean, it does make sense that hormones would naturally occur in any animal product because they are living, breathing animals and have hormones just like we do in our systems. Right. So, you know, it does make sense that you would have some of that again. um, But I I just it's interesting because I feel like there's a lot of very strong opinions. The other big uh, a taboo topic, especially when it comes to we're switching gears to dairy cows, mm. is how inhumane it is for dairies to be taking their babies away within 24 hours of birth. So I will say it is very disheartening to see those pictures, but I just don't think that's the full story. It is. I I agree because I know a few dairy farmers. But it, it is true that they do take the babies away within the first 24 hours. Sure, yes. <laughs> so there's two reasons why most dairy farms do this. Okay. Tell me. So first, within the first two hours is the most critical point for a baby calf. That's when the mom's licking off the calf, which ultimately stimulates uh, lots of breathing, suckling. Uh, it just... it. Tells the baby calf to get up and start to move and to walk. It's very important. Yeah. And then um, oftentimes they will um, let the the calf even, you know, nurse for the first time to get the colostrum yeah. and things like that. Some dairies do that. Some do not. Some actually milk the calves pretty quickly to get the colostrum and then feed it to the babies. Um, but it's, I mean, that's a dairy's choice. Uh, each dairy sure. does something differently. They do this for two main reasons. First off, cows are naturally herding animals, okay? And when they naturally herd like that, any type of big major change spikes anxiety in an animal. Mm. And so they, as soon as that birthing situation happens, as soon as that, that change, that stuff happens, they naturally want to get back into the herd and make sure that everything's like no change, that all is well, all is good. That could be really scary for a 50-pound calf under a 2,000-pound yeah. mama yeah. who's just anxious to get out of that ring, that little birthing area, to go. So it's safer for that baby to be out of the way of the mother. They're a herding animal, so it's high anxiety, so you need to get the, the mom back to where she feels comfortable and feels safe. And you need to get the baby out of the situation to make sure that the baby doesn't get harmed by the big mama freaking out trying to get back to the major herd. 
it's up to each dairy to whether they save milk from those mamas to feed to the babies or they feed them formula. Sure. Just like a parent Just, would yeah. have the option. But uh, if you've ever seen uh, calf huts. Yeah, I have. Like, you see them, like, if you were looking at a dairy, there's a whole area specifically for calf huts. Yeah. And they're, they all are the same age, like, within, those calf huts are set up so that all of them are aged accordingly, and they create their own little environment, their herd. They usually start out in single pens. Well, most of them all start out in single pens for, like, a period of time, and then by the time they're, like, nine weeks old, they're in a, a pen of, like, two or four. Oh. And then... By the time they're, like, a couple months old, like, four four months old, then they're put into uh, the pasture a bigger, yeah. or a bigger barn. That's how it just kind of rolls. And then they generally, if, especially on dairies, they get sent away to grow. Sure. And then they come back when they're ready to be bred to then Start have a baby all over and again. produce milk. But most of these dairies are... These mamas are having six and seven babies before they get retired. And sure. these people that are working in the dairies, I mean, most of those those cows are named. Like, they're a big part of the farm. They're entering a part of the farm. Oh, They're like, yeah. they're a part of the family. So, to, to say, to ever think that these animals are, like, mistreated or it is done, there is no harm in any of this situation. Um... But if you're producing mass quantities of milk and you have babies drinking all, a majority of the milk, they will not drink all of the milk. But No. But then how are you going to? I mean, Absolutely. And yeah. again, I think this kind of also goes back to knowing your farmers and knowing really the root source of where these things come from. I had mm-hmm. mentioned before that I get our raw milk from a local person around here and they had told us that they pull milk for us the mm-hmm. consumers um in the morning mm-hmm. and then they let their calves out with the whole day right so i mean that's nice on my heartstrings because then the babies still get to be with the mamas and they still get i don't know what they do with them afterwards yeah <laughs> they get big i yeah. don't I have no idea you Steers know go one place mamas go the, or girls go the other yeah, yeah. you know and it just kind of is what it is um, the other big thing that people are anxious about is antibiotics in their milk. Um, and I can guarantee you that, um, milk is screened two times, if not more, between leaving the dairy and making it to the grocery store. That's crazy. So even, so even though you are required to have a withdrawal yeah. when using antibiotics, they mm-hmm. still test for antibiotics. If, if, uh... A tank of milk tests positive for antibiotics at any level, antibiotic residue or antibiotics, the entire tank that that milk is tested from gets dumped. So, it is, I mean, that's like three levels of security on processing the correct and healthy and good milk. So, that I just hope that gives someone a peace of mind that the milk you're getting at the grocery store. Is actually, in fact, antibiotic-free. Yes, So absolutely. do you think that when people are screaming antibiotic-free that it's just another, like, sales pitch because, like, it all legally has to be antibiotic-free anyways? <laughs> Especially on chicken. 
like especially on chicken a withdrawal period for a chicken is almost as long as its life so why on earth would you try to use antibiotics on a chicken so man there's one just off topic real quick there's one thing that's been circulating circulating the intro webs lately because a lot of people have been getting chickens and they're you know coming up with diseases because they don't know what they're doing anyways yep um (laughs) they've been talking about using that seven yeah oh yeah do you know there's a lifetime withdrawal on Mm. your chickens on their eggs and on meat lifetime that's which means even if you save daisy's life you can't eat her eggs ever ever and I called somebody out on this, and they said, "Why well, just give away my eggs to friends and neighbors?" Oh, jeez. What? Oh gosh. Oh. Jeez. What? Know your farmers. Know your farmers <laughs> and ask questions. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah. I don't think like I don't think anybody would really be offended if you ask questions about where these things came from i mean absolutely most of everybody i think knows somebody that has chickens not everybody knows somebody that has cows especially like beef cows or even dirt they're all cows yeah (laughs) um but why i think when you get involved when you get into somebody where you start purchasing meat from a person instead of from a grocery store yeah and you purchase milk from a person instead of from a grocery store these are questions that you can ask to actually research your own things yeah and I want to say just like eggs, um, I don't. I guess I need to do more research on that. But because of the coating on fronts of gallons of milk, you like you have the ability to track your milk back to where it came from. What the facility where it came from? Yeah, I'd, I'd have to look up how you do it. Um, but there's absolutely there's. I can't tell you the last time I bought milk. I, I can. <laughs> <laughs> we buy it all the time. But yeah, there's a way you can track all. Um, Definitely, because they have to be able to track it if something does go wrong. Well, legally. sure. Just so. like a recall with yeah, anything else. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, I think, I guess that is one thing that you would be trading with small town farmers is that you wouldn't have those antibiotic screening tests and everything else like that. But you are able to ask the questions and build Absolutely. that relationship and that trust with them. Mm-hmm. And uh, if you're going to ask to see my cows, I'm going to show you. Yeah. So, like, if anybody wants to see my chickens, they're running around everywhere. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Hey, but I do want to talk more about these baby cows because I do like them. Um, I saw this thing where they had nose rings everywhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Can we talk about that? Yeah. Uh, do you know what they're for? I do, only because I just read one of my friends down in Texas just shared a thing so i do but will you i can explain thank you <laughs> so the one particular um farmer that i follow that does nose rings she does the metal all the way through nose rings like not the clamps they okay. actually pierce their their nose cartilage just like like if you stick your piercing. finger yeah, yeah right there and on the ends of the nose on the ends of the rings some of the they're most of them are a little bit jagged okay did you okay and so basically what happens is especially with dairy cows is they have this huge suckling problem especially with jerseys i had found out yeah that they um like to suck on other calves navels and ears yeah and so basically what happens is if you're going to suckle on another calves navel or udders and you have spikes or whatnot on your nose and it touches the other calf then it's going to react yeah absolutely now from what i understand 
if you plan on doing nose rings um, in your calves, you have to de-ring your facility. As in like, go around and check all of your fences and all of your doors and all of your latches and all the things because cows will catch those rings on absolutely everything. Um, but in, in, in actuality, it really helps with the health of your herd. And yeah, exactly. Um, it helps with um, keeping those navels clean, which leads to saving other calves from infection. I mean, there's there's tons of research done on them and how they benefit, especially the dairies. You're 100% right. And they were saying that the nose rings are a lot nicer than what, like, the mother cows do. Because if they don't want you to nurse anymore, then they kick you in the head. Absolutely. So, <laughs> a nose ring is... A little bit nicer than a kick on the head. A subtle approach. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. Gosh, I wish I could see. That's like one of the first things that they do, though, with uh, the the navel is a really big deal for calves um, because of how much infection can come from having a diseased or an infected navel. So they were even saying that nose tags can actually prevent animal cruelty if that's what everybody is worried about with the nose tags i did not hear because um it says right here the sometimes the weanlings or even adult cows will suck on themselves or other non-lactating cows this can cause internal teat scarring and bad enough to prevent that that the teats will ever work so you'll have so much internal scarring that they won't actually produce any milk for any future which is just basically saying that they have chronic mastitis sure. or can be milked with automatic milking equipment. Right. So that means that if that cow gets pregnant, she has to be slaughtered at a young age because she'll never be able to produce milk. So, Or she'll only sense, produce from certain teats, which... If they haven't been damaged. Right. If yeah. the rest of them haven't been damaged, mm-hmm. I guess. But this is... It's crazy. A lot of people, like, share one picture of cows trying to, like, nurse, you know. Yeah. And with the nose rings. And everybody's like, if you want to, if you love animals, you can't love cheese. And I don't think that's, I just don't think that's the whole story. Yeah. With all of this. And I didn't know that. I saw the picture and I'm like, I love cheese. I love animals. (laughs) And then I scrolled down and I was reading all of this. And I'm like, it takes three seconds to educate yourself on. Absolutely different things and and that's how i learned about it was from a instagrammer like and then i did my research because i was like oh i don't understand and then she literally did a whole story on it and i was like that makes total sense like oh weird because you asked a cattle farmer right yeah (laughs) go figure i asked a dairy farmer yeah so it's 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 interesting stuff but all it takes is just just a smidge more research well and i Maybe that's the whole thing that goes back to where your food comes from, just in all aspects. Yeah. Is I think everybody kind of turns a blind eye. Milk mm-hmm. comes from the drug on the store. We don't necessarily think about the cows. Yeah. And when we do, it's all horror stories, but we still, Yeah. you know, but nobody really takes the time to. Yep. Another, I will say a couple of dairy farmers, if I will give a couple of shout outs and they may never hear this and I'm okay with that, but the New York Farm Girls is a... If one, two, <laughs> they they actually are probably one of the most popular on Instagram and YouTube, um, but they're a dairy farm. Um, 
Uh, and they do, I believe they're a Holstein farm. And then see Jess Farm, Jess Peterson. Um, she is a Jersey farmer, and they're both fantastic Instagram handles to follow if you want to know more about dairy cattle. You should so, tag them. I will. That would be a fun thing. That's where I learned most of my, uh, well, there's a handful of others. Like, there's a lot of other dairy accounts so that I follow on Instagram, and that's where I learned the most about my dairy stuff. So We had this debate earlier, uh, Jake and I did, about getting meat processed. Yes. And what a live weight uh-huh. is versus hanging weight uh-huh. versus what your actual amount of, like, they say retail cuts. Okay. But I'm going to count that as what goes in my freezer instead of retail. <laughs> Maybe not. Maybe that's not what that means. Well, so when we price our meat, though, we price it against a grocery store price. Like, we're going to price our 90-10 beef against Walmart. Sure. So, I mean, when we price ours, yes, we're going to be competitive. And yes, we understand, you know, that we love our cows. You know, we we did our cows. Like, there's a sense of integrity that goes into the pricing. Yeah, But at absolutely. the same time, we still have to be competitive. And our goal is to feed our community. Like, and to give them a good, high-quality option. So, that all goes into the pricing of our meat. But I did ask Nathan all these questions. So... It is currently at a very low price. If you were to go to an auction and buy a, a ready-to-butcher yeah. animal. Yeah, this is what I want to talk about. Yeah. It's a dollar and five cents a pound. But normally these animals are... A little bit more expensive. Well, no, no, I mean, I mean they're big because oh, they're yeah. ready to butcher. I'm sorry. Angus, yeah. Ang- so... Angus, usually, we usually butcher them between like 12 and 1,400 pounds. Yeah, so even still, at a dollar a pound, it's yeah. still... Yeah, they're pretty yeah. expensive animals. <laughs> yeah. So, um, but then you take it to the locker, yeah. and you have it butchered, and the processing per pound costs um, 60... Our, ours actually costs 63 cents a pound. And we price our beef at a hanging weight, so that means... That it is literally skinned. Yeah. And it is cut in half and hanging. Does that make sense? Head, All the organs are out. Head on, head off. Head off. Okay. Usually. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Hanging weight is 275 a pound. Yeah. So if you go, like if someone were to, this is a question we get often. I'm looking to buy a quarter of a cow. How much per pound does it cost? And I sure. usually reply, we sell our cows, at, or we sell our beef at two seventy five a pound plus a $0.63 cent processing fee for your quarter. $0.63 cents per pound. Yes. yes. So that can be different if your quarter is smaller than another quarter. Like, I can't. Sure. But to put it simply, I generally say it's roughly... Three dollars and fifty cents a pound, processing, or yeah. like three three dollars and fifty cents a pound for your quarter. So a quarter of, I want to say like a half is, I want five or six hundred pounds. That's nuts. So you're paying a fair amount of money, but. I mean, yeah, but if you would have thought about the money that you would have had in actual 
buying that at a store individually. Yeah. I think bulk packages are the way to go, aren't they? Bulk saves you the most money because you're paying, um, you know, three, $3 and some odd cents a pound for everything that includes your steaks, your burgers, yeah. your stew meat, Instead your Instead of roasts, getting your, your steaks at this price and your burger at this price right. and your roast at that price. Right. Right. Generally, ours are... Eleven ninety nine for fillet. Yeah, eleven ninety nine per pound for a fillet, and four dollars. And I think ours are at four fifty right now for a ninety ten pound of hamburger. Yeah, that's so like that. We sell them per cut here at the feed store, but we also sell halves and quarters. So which was a busy season. Holy mackerel! Yes, yeah, we have our. We easily have our cows sold all the way till February. So normally, or just specifically, just specifically right now. But yeah, well, you know, grocery stores didn't have any meat. Yeah. Yep. Everybody was budding up with their meat friends. <laughs> and it didn't. They, that was the scary part, though. They didn't care if uh, Joe Schmo yeah. cut up their beef. Oh gosh. Which can be kind of sketchy sometimes, but what because we sell it through. I mean, that's it. Could also be very good and save you a lot of money. If you know the person that's cutting up your meat, we have to have a USD, uh, USDA uh, yeah. approved facility because we sell ours through a feed store. But, yeah. Yeah, I mean, if you were doing it in your backyard, that was... People do it with deer all the time. This is what made me really funny about the um, whole coronavirus thing. And I know this isn't our current event section. But... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But people were saying, like, oh, just give these people the cows in their neighborhoods and they can process it. And I'm like, cool, how are you going to hang up that 1,200-pound cow? <laughs> yeah. How are you going to Ziploc bag all these, like... You're going to drive down the street with kids running up and down on their scooters with cows <laughs> hanging from their front trees? <laughs> you know, I just, like, what equipment are you? You have to have, like... A suburban person. You have to have a bandsaw. Yeah! <laughs> <laughs> that's that's just this is not a joe schmo who's gonna butcher your things go to your usda inspected places and Please do it do. clean and safe yes yeah let's Absolutely. not make this an october horror film yeah. <laughs> Gosh. Yeah. well i hope we covered i mean there I was a like lot there was a lot to that and as always i feel like every single topic that we do could go on for seven more years like yeah. of just in-depth conversation I mean, there's a lot of people that spend their whole lives doing research about all of these things, and we're just, just lightly scratching the surface. We're just we're doing this so that you guys can um, do your own research to do see if this is the best fit for you and your your fam. Yeah, but I still like burgers. Heck yes, I do. <laughs> I like cheese, especially squeaky ranch cheese curds. Yeah, hand me a bite of that. Though. Okay, well. <laughs> You guys, thanks for listening in on cows. Here are the Ziploc. Ooh. Uh, we're going to eat cheese now, but we will talk to you next week when we talk about current events. So, cow style. Hey. Moo. Thanks for joining us. See us next week. If you like what you heard today, you can find us at We Chose the Farm on Facebook and Instagram. And to find Hinkle Homestead directly, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Google at Hinkle Homestead. Want to visit the Weiniger Farms? You can find us mainly on Instagram at the Weiniger Farms. Or jump over to our website at WeinigerFarms.com. See you later! <laughs> <laughs>